Hi everyone, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. If you're watching it on the internet or listening to a podcast version of the show, make sure to subscribe so that you get notified when a new show is released. And if you'd like to find links to videos or mp3 files, just go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com and you can also submit any eerie experiences you've had at the Submit Your Story tab. Also, hook up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram where you can find information not only about new shows, but also about monthly free merchandise giveaways. So, get comfortable, enjoy this new episode, and just imagine it's a dark and stormy night where not a creature is stirring, not even a mouse. And if a creature is stirring, you hope it's a mouse. <coughs> Hi, everybody. This is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, Stories of the Supernatural. How is everybody doing today? Good, I hope. Oh, here for once in South Florida. You can tell I'm wearing long sleeve because it's actually in the 40s. Yes, it's the 40s, even though you guys might not see this, which, by the way, compared to the rest of the country is pretty good. Yeah, we're, we're uh, right now, we're, this is right after Thanksgiving. You know, you guys won't see the show for a little bit. Uh like the northern part of the United States is having uh, blizzards and severe snowstorms. So, yeah, I'm kind of happy that even if it's in the 40s and I'm firing up our uh, chimney, the the, our, the fireplace is already, we're getting wood for that. People are supposed to be thinking that's overkill, Marley. But still, uh, down here, it is very cold. But anyway, part of the reason that I'm so excited today, of course, is because of the guest that I have with us today and this is a gentleman by the name of Michael Lara. Okay now he is the author of Lessons from the Other Side and he's also a radio show host uh, but besides hosting the radio show he's had his own personal experiences with the paranormal and UFO sightings and you know, even everybody already knows that my questions is about asking my guests about their childhood uh, experiences, if they've had any. Well, in this case, right off the bat, we know Michael experienced two out-of-body experiences at the age of 10, which we're going to ask him about that in a minute. And uh, later on in life, uh, I mean, he's had, the, in other words, since childhood, he's had different types of supernatural events that he's either experienced or been witness to. Again, we're also going to ask him, and he's hopefully going to tell us about uh, his encounters with UFOs, uh, you know, all, all of those things. And, you know, I've mentioned it on other shows where sometimes those things go hand in hand, uh, UFO sightings, and they parallel sometimes people having other type of paranormal events uh, that at first glance might think there's one thing has nothing to do with the other, but not really uh now he is uh he's originally from rochester new york he's uh, been living in south carolina since 2008 and uh he's a father and a grandfather and hey you know what uh let me t let me tell you something there's something about speaking myself as a mother and a grandmother it comes with the wisdom of uh seeing a lot of changes and i've spoken about this before in the paranormal field because uh like everybody knows since i was doing paranormal uh research and investigation since the 90s it's, it's, 
you know, this was before digital photography. This was when you had to actually spend a lot of money sometimes to develop photographs. And then, of course, the evolution of the paranormal field. So, of course, I've always said how excited I am when I have a guest that uh, has witnessed it, if not firsthand, but can seize what's been happening in this field, sometimes for the better, sometimes not for the better. But anyway, let me bring him on. How are you doing today, Michael? I am doing just fine, and I thank you so much for having me on your show today. No, absolutely. It is my pleasure. And right off, like I said, right off the bat, we already know that you had that out-of-body experience as when you were 10 years old, which is very young. Can, can you tell us more about that? How, how did that come about? Yeah, that you know, and that's kind of where all the weirdness started. And, uh, you know, I was about, I was somewhere around nine or 10 years old uh, at the time. And, uh, well, the first one I was, I shared a bedroom uh, with my brother. And, uh, well, I woke up one night and got out of bed. And I, you know, something didn't seem right. The furniture was all changed around. Just things looked different, you know. And I said, what the heck's going on? I looked back and I could see myself still laying in the bed. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's a dream or something. But, you know, as time went on, I could tell this was no dream. I'm trying to wake my brother up and I'm telling him, hey, uh, Scott, you're going to be in trouble. You moved the furniture around. I'm just trying to get a reaction out of him so I know I'm not crazy. And he's not budging. I can't, I could, my hand would, you know, I could go against his shoulder with my hand almost like where I don't even remember if I could feel him or not, but my hand wouldn't go any further. It's like, but I couldn't budge him. So I go to the bedroom door and I open the door to leave the room and that door and I, you know, grew up in this house. The nothing's changed. I open the door and it's not leading to the hallway. It's going into the closet. I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? So I go to the closet door thinking, well, maybe the closet will lead out to the hall. And I open that door and it's still the closet. So I couldn't leave this room. And my parents' room was on the other side, uh, the other side of the wall. And I'm, and my dad, he's the type, you, you don't wake him up. He works hard. If you, right. you're waking up, you better be in pain. And I'm trying to wake him up. I'm like, yeah, dad, come kick my butt. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. Get me out of this. Right. And so nothing's working. And uh, I remember going to uh, back over to my bed and all of a sudden I just sucked back into my body and I sat up and I'm telling you, I was, I was very unsettled. Um, Couldn't sleep the rest of the night, you know, just really weird. And I'm thinking, all right, maybe that was just a crazy dream or something. I right. Just, I really wasn't sure. And so I talked my parents into moving my room, <clears throat> moving me into another room. Okay. And I moved in with my other sibling. And, well, the same thing happens again. And at this point, okay, so now I'm, I'm convinced that something's going on, but okay. I don't know what. And, you know, I, I tried to explain it to my parents, but I think, you know, they, they're thinking, all right, good imagination, good dream. And as the years have gone by now, I've thought this through more. Now that I've done my show for 11 years, right? I've talked to enough people where now I'm questioning what happened uh, those two times, those two nights, because I've had, and, I, and I don't, I've never wanted to get into the whole, oh, I've been abducted thing. And I don't think I have. Okay. But one of the hypotheses that I've got here is that, you know, I've had I've had abductees come on and tell me that they were, you know, they've had it happen since they were a child. And and right. that when the aliens would take them to these ships, 
that they would make them feel comfortable by making the room that they're in look like their bedroom. And so now I don't think that's, that's my case, but I wonder sometimes about right, it. right. Like was it like a like a like a hologram or a mirage kind of thing? Yeah, that's a yeah, really uh, that's very that's a very interesting concept. You know that, right? Yeah, it is, and it's uh, you know it's hard for me to believe when I think about it. I almost feel kind of weird even saying it because. Yeah. I'm me. I don't, aliens don't. Right, 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 right. No, no, and let me ask you, Michael, at that time that that happened, was there anything going on in your life that you think precipitated this? Nothing that I can remember. Right, Uh, no sightings or no internal stress, nothing that you could say, you know what, it was after this or I saw this or that all of a sudden. No, but sightings followed after that. Ah. But not until I was an adult, uh, you know, and that's when I had my own kids. Uh, then I they, I started having sightings. But before that, no, nothing. Uh, How about your siblings? Did any of them have any experiences? You know, I've never asked them, and that's a great question. And why? And here I am, the radio talk show host, and I've never asked any of them that question. I think I'm right. going <laughs> to. Well. You know what? You wouldn't be the first one. I've heard of people having experiences as kids. Nobody talks about it. Then when they're all grown up, and a lot of times they've even moved away, then everybody comes out with their stories of their own experiences. But while it was happening, nobody said anything, including parents, by the way. And it's almost yeah. like a, the 20-year reunion where then everybody gives their version and everybody's looking like, you. that happened to you? Yeah, and that happened to you? So you never know. Maybe they're going to tell you something you'd be surprised to find out. Well, and that's true. I, I mean, I really, I've never asked. Uh, I think maybe my brother, when when the day it happened, I might have asked him if he remembered me trying to wake him up or something like that. But I never, you know, since then, I've never actually, hey, uh, you know, has this ever happened to you? Or I I should ask him because maybe maybe both of us were taken. (laughs) Or maybe he had an experience and who knows, a lot of people will do exactly what you say oh i had a really bad dream or man there was a stretch there i was having these really bad nightmares people can go into denial it's like i really don't want to explore that this might be real well yeah we tend to do that because it's just i don't know if you're i mean there's some people out there who i mean they'll still say anything i mean but me i i just i don't know i'm a regular person and i just i don't i don't deal with aliens every day i talk about them but right 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 well at first blush it doesn't look it doesn't sound like a it doesn't look like an abductee kind of scenario like you said because it was just this thing like you said an out-of-body experience that's an exact, and it maybe exactly. that is all it was maybe that is all it was because you know what you always hear people that they meditate and they practice and they practice and they practice to achieve the out-of-body experience but sometimes maybe you're a natural born obe i've heard of that that you don't have to really go um and, and i had my own experience was this was as an adult and i wasn't practicing meditation or anything where um and it's really funny that you mentioned that. I came back and I saw myself lying in bed it's, and it was really quick. I had been having some type of weird dream, you know, one of these weird dreams, symbolic, because that's how yeah. our subconscious speaks to us. But, it was one of these, but then at the end, I see myself lying on the bed, but my bedroom is shifted around. In other words, instead of, you know, like inverse, like my bed, instead of being on one side of the bedroom, it's on the other side. 
Yeah. And I see, check this out. I see like a pudgy guy in a toga leaning over, looking at me into my face. And then he uh-huh. looks up and looks across and like sees me, like the ethereal me. Because I'm seeing my body lying down asleep on the bed. And he's leaning over me, looking at me in the face. And then all of a sudden, it's like he looks up, sees me, and just disappears. And it's like, as he's disappearing, I pop back into my body and I woke up. And that was, like you said, it was one of those experiences like, man, what a dream. But then I'm thinking, this this wasn't a dream. It was like very, and now that you mentioned, that's why I said, it was, the room was inversed. My bed, everything about the whole bedroom was okay. It was just that the bed was on the other side, like, it was weird. But I know exactly what you meant as far as everything was kind of reversed or changed or... You know, it's almost like it was uh, my son had mentioned this. The other night he says, he, you know, talking about a mirror universe. And it's mm-hmm. almost like the room was, you know, like I was looking through it through a mirror. Like everything Yes, exactly. Right. Like you're looking at it through a mirror. Exactly what I meant. Right. Where, you know, when you see, you know, the stuff that's on the left hand looks on, like on the right hand in the mirror image. Like that. That's what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible stuff. I mean, you know, and to... And here's here's what what got me questioning it later in life is that I had one more out of body experience in 2004 as an adult, yes. And it was much much different than the ones I had as a child. Meaning, as an adult, I was able to go. I I went. You know, I just as a matter of fact, my mother had come back to me. I mean, I don't want to you know jump ahead here, but okay. uh, but, but I had this other out of body experience, and I was able to leave and do you know go where I wanted. Okay. Uh, unlike as a child. And I often would ask people who've had these experiences, well, when you were a child, were you able to leave the room? And, oh, yeah, it was like I was able to go where I want. And I'm like, well, why was I restricted then? You know, because I couldn't. So, interesting. Right. And it also depends. I think some people that are intentionally trying to get an OB experience, kind of like they understand. I can, yeah. as or, you know. Um, in other words, they kind of know what they're doing Whereas what when you had that experience, that was like, I imagine you must have, like you said, you were like thinking, man, somebody's going to get in trouble because the bedroom has been switched around. So, um, yeah. you know, this was not intentional in your part. This happened to you. And it did. Yeah. No, I want to say that as much as we, you know, you could say, well, it's a dream, but. That same thing. Usually dreams, even weird dreams, you don't see that inversion, that mirror image. I mean, you see, you know, crazy yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. But those details usually, it's like, that's not a dream. That's not a dream. Those type of details are, that's not a dream. And again, and, you know. And these things have stuck with me through my life. I mean, some stuff you forget and you someone might right. remind you, oh, yeah. Well, I've never forgotten any of this. I mean, every detail of it. And so there must be a reason why, you know, it's not put away in my subconscious and sure. instead that it's it's right there on the on the bookshelf to right. read. And, and and this is the thing. Everybody's has, you know, nightmares of course and weird dreams. In, in general, you know, after even the most terrific nightmares after 2 or 3 days, they kind of fade, you know. Yeah. Like if I, I nobody most people do not remember. The, the, the only times I think that people actually remember dreams or nightmares or something is has there's, there's some edge of realism to them. 
Uh, I've heard of people saying, I remember this dream because I dreamt in color, because we don't realize that a lot of times we dream like monochromatic, like no color. Like, and then when you have uh, a dream in color, it's so vivid. And it's almost like, like you said, if we were going to dream, if we were going to remember all the dreams we've had, we don't. We don't. We only remember the ones that there was some significance to them. Right. You know what I think the dream state, I think it's a, it's a, it's a hell of a party place. And I think that it's somewhere where our spirit or subconscious goes once we get, it's like the body is like our children and the, yes. the consciousness says, Oh my God, I finally got that body to sleep. How's it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so we get together in this dream state and then you're not supposed to take it back with you. So we're not supposed to remember, right. I think, a lot of it. But some of it we do because it's important. Well, it's you like I, I, I think also that, and you, you know, I'm sure you've heard of this, that during sleep is when basically we we quiet down from everyday life, our mind, you know, you know, our to-do list. You know how everybody's running around, especially lately, where everybody's trying to multitask. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's like your mind starts to quiet down and actually let stuff like this come through. Um, and a lot of people, I tell people, people don't realize, like, you know, when you, they, you know, you've heard of people not remembering certain things or amnesiacs. And I, yeah. I tell people, uh, or, or I don't know if you've heard of people that say, oh, I never remember my dreams. And I'll say, you know what? The mind is going to try to preserve your sanity at all costs. And usually what that means is if you remembering something would be so disturbing that your sanity would be in peril, your mind will try to forget it. That doesn't mean that just because you can't remember a dream doesn't mean it's uh, – but in other words, from the very moment that you were able to remember that experience, I mean, you were able to handle it. It's not like – in other words, you were meant to, even though I do agree with you that sometimes it's – we don't remember a lot of stuff because I think it would be make living very difficult if you, right? You it's, know, if you uh, think about it, other dimensions or parallel universes, we'd be like, huh? Well, it's like no, it's it's like all other vehicles. You get in your car, you got airbags to protect you. You get in this yes. body, this vehicle, and there's other mechanisms to try to help to protect you. And uh, part of that is 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 I think that dream state. Uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes I, I've gone to bed. Uh, with problems on my mind and mm -hmm. woke up, they were solved in my sleep. Yes. And I wake up and I have the answer and it's not as bad as I thought it was. And Absolutely. So, God, I'm so glad you brought that up. I have, or I have, that, that's happened to me. And all of a sudden, something really important that I had forgotten, you know, when you wake up that first thing, you know, when you're just waking up and all of a sudden it'll pop into my head, I'll go, God, oh yeah. You know, like all of a sudden stuff like, gets to your head that either, like you said, a solution to a problem or something that you, was really important for you to remember, it's like you're able to wipe away all the all the crud that we yeah. get in there from everyday life to look at, which, by the way, you know, because I'm a hypnotherapist, I'm a trained hypnotherapist, and, you know, one of the really important things, as a matter of fact, I would give all my clients was uh, suggestions to go into REM sleep. Because REM sleep is the level of sleep that you need to do exactly that to clear out your subconscious, like from all the things that, you know, we run around and do all day. Yeah. If you go down deep enough into REM, which is what you're supposed to do, it allows you exactly to do what you described. 
that if you have a problem or something you're trying to figure out, once you go into REM, that's when you basically are able to pull out that information um, out of your subconscious mind. Yeah, it's almost like uh, we fall asleep and our our spirit just kind of pulls the fire alarm, you know, and says, all right. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. We, you know, yeah I, I'm sure you've heard that saying, well, let me sleep on it. I mean, that's more appropriate oh, yeah. than a lot of people imagine. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I and sometimes I feel, I don't know, I, I feel weird because there's people like, I've talked to guys like Stanton Freeman who mm-hmm. has, you know, his whole life he has been out there doing this UFO thing and trying to bring awareness to it. And him himself has never, ever seen one. And right. uh, he's never had a sighting. And I'm thinking, you know, but here I am, just average old me. And, and I've yes. had paranormal experiences i've and i don't make this stuff up it's just but i can't explain it and i can't prove it i could tell you though there's so much out there that we just do not understand you know what michael and i've said it to you know for everybody i I, you know because of course nowadays everybody's into trying to capture proof 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 and i say you know what once you've had that first second experience it doesn't i mean it shouldn't proof really matter if anybody if you can prove it to anybody else or if you can convince anybody else the thing is that once you have that experience and you've gone and you're like you said a regular average ordinary person you've kind of gone through the checklist it's not that it's not that it's not that oh god okay i'm left with this that's it your reality shifts so even if nobody else ever believed you or you can never of course provide proof that's your paradigms shift totally as to the edges all of a sudden become really misty like yeah, this is as much as we know or we can see with our senses, but that there's something beyond that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I really believe that, that the, you know, when people say, you know, like, what what's the best evidence that you can ever give me that there's something beyond this life? And I tell them experience. You're going yes. to, you ever have an experience, it'll change your life. I mean, for me, I feel like these things prepared me for my lesson. You know, they were for me, not for everyone else. Right. They were just lessons for me. And that's why the book is Lessons from the Other Side, because I have, uh, these are lessons. These are, these are, I mean, I had back in 2014, for instance, I had a heart attack. Um, wow. The long story short, I was put on, wanted to quit smoking. They put me on some garbage called Chantix. And, yes, yeah, I know. I'm familiar with that. Oh, yeah. Well, it led later on to a heart attack, which I'm okay now, but... That, taking the... Ch- wait, wait, wait. Taking yep. the Chantix lead gate... What was it? Too much nicotine or what happened? Um. Well, it's... It, well, what it is, is it's a... Uh, it's actually a drug for depression. And they right. Found, no, I know that it, you got to be real yeah. careful with, uh, with uh, the effects, side effects and things. Yeah. Yeah, and so well at the time when I was taking it, they didn't have all the side effects on the box, and oh, you know, wow. the risk and all that. Uh, of course, you know, I didn't have a heart attack yet either, so I didn't get in on the lawsuit. Sure, sure, that. but right, exactly. But you must have. Wow, yeah. here you are trying to stop smoking, and oh, it was going to make me quit smoking, all right. Let me tell you, <laughs> permanently. <laughs> but uh, you know, my my point with it all is though. Is when that happened. I always, you know, was growing up, I always thought of death in it. So I always, I love talking about it, but it spooked me. I was like, death right. just is creepy to me. And because of the experiences I had when I was facing possibly my own death, 
I had no fear. I just, you know, I I was accepting of it. It's if it happens, it happens. I, you know, and I never thought that I'd handle it that way. I, you know, <clears throat> you would have told me when I was twenty that I was going to have a heart attack when I was forty-three. Yeah, I would have said no. You know, I would have probably, you know, been paranoid. <laughs> but I mean, at this point, it's like death doesn't scare me. I'm, I don't welcome it. But it right, doesn't... exactly. But it's like, and, and you know what? And that's 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 the way it should be. I mean, I remember when you're a teenager in your twenties. As a matter of fact, a lot of times you think nothing bad's going to happen to me. You know, you're like invincible kind of. Well, thing. yeah, you think you're going to live forever. I mean, I yes. remember you know being twenty, and I'm thinking, ah, oh, by the time I'm forty or fifty, they'll probably have a pill that makes us live forever. Yeah, and that's how you get through your life. You 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 comfort yourself, and I think that's what our subconscious does for us too sometimes sure, and these does. dream states and all these things they're there these are there it's just all part of of our our journey yeah and this is the thing i think a lot of time when it comes to the paranormal whether it's ghosts or ufos or whatever a one-size-fit-all doesn't work i think people have experiences that they're supposed to have okay that's like what you said that you know stanton freeman has Working yeah. For years and years and years, he hasn't had his own firsthand experience. I'm sure he's probably spoken to a gazillion people, many that I'm sure he thought, man, this person is telling me the absolute truth. But mm-hmm. it's just like everybody has an, their own tailor-made experiences, I think, based on on them. And it's like just as individual as our fingerprints. And that's why a lot of people sometimes say, "Wow, man, why doesn't why does everything happen to this person and not to me, or vice versa?" Right, and uh, you know, and I was talking earlier about the uh, the out of body experience I had as an adult, and um, I'll I'll give you a quick rundown on that. Sure. Um, what what happened was, you know, I was at at that stage. I my mother had passed away in two thousand one. Okay. And uh, her and I were pretty close. We were we were really close. She was like, you know, kind of like my buddy. I could talk to her about anything. And uh, she had uh, contracted cancer and uh, anyways passed away in 2001. Okay. And in 2004, um, I was in probably the worst. I don't know. I was probably down uh, down on my luck like the most I've ever been in my life. I was with, for one, I was in a relationship with the wrong person. Okay. Um, that person was running my business into the ground. I mean, just, there was just so much going on, um, right. that I, I had gone into a depression, which has never happened to me before. It was just incredible. And, you know, was, I got to a point where I could care less if I lived or died. Now I wasn't going to kill myself by no means, but I just right. didn't no, I know care. what you're saying. And well, one night, I think it was Christmas Eve, and uh, I had kind of, you know, pouted myself to sleep that night. And uh, well, I got a knock on the window about 3.20 a.m. And I noticed the clock. That's why I know what time it was. But I knock at the window. I get up and I open the curtain and my mother is standing there on the other side of the window. And I'm thinking, you know, holy cow. Yeah. Back and here I am laying in the bed again. And I'm thinking, oh, cripe, I, I finally did it. I'm dead. That's what I thought. You know, okay. I, I must have died. And my mother's coming to get me. Yeah. Well, she reaches her hand out, and I put my hand out to hers, and all of a sudden we start traveling. We we just we it's like teleportation. Like we go from that spot over to the house I grew up in, and we're okay. kind of levitating on the ceiling. And long story short, she's showing me my father and my sister. And she's not saying anything to me, 
but she's telling me stuff and I don't know how it's happening, but it is. And, and so her message was basically, it was just for me. It wasn't for the world. You know, the aliens are coming to save us or none of that stuff. She basically told me, Mike, you know, don't do anything stupid. You're going to be fine. And she told me what was going to take place in the next couple of weeks. And part of that was uh, my kids were going to be reunited with me. I had a four-month period where I hadn't seen them uh, because of well, we were in separate places and stuff. Well, you know, after all that, I wake up, I zap back in my body, and, you know, and I wake up and I'm crying like a baby. I just couldn't believe it i thought it was just another dream and probably an hour later that morning uh, a car pulls in the driveway a horn beeps and there's uh my ex and she's wow. got the kids in the car i'm like this is crazy uh so then i go to dinner with them have dinner you know with the kids and stuff i come home and a guy a friend of mine who i hadn't seen for years pulls in the driveway so hey i just found where you live um, you know, we, me and my brother just bought a house wondering if, you know, you'd be interested in renting a room from us. I needed to get out of where I was. Bam. Wow. I mean, so basically everything my mother told me fell in place. So for okay. me, it's confirmed. I mean, it really happened. Now, what yes. happened? I don't know. I don't know what the heck that was. I just know that I, I was out of my body again. Exactly. And I communicated with my mother and, you know, how it happened, I don't know. And she did... She did say one thing, and again, and well, another thing is she told me to tell my father that there is a God. And again, she spoke, not with words, but she showed me what she wanted to say. It was weird. It's just, I don't know how to explain it. And this is the thing, you know, I, again, you know, everybody, you know, especially when you're going through tough times, sometimes we do have, you know, either, you know how you dream, they say your desires or your fears? You yeah. say, okay, maybe if you would have had a dream, but it's almost like it was like that within those, like basically what you're telling me is like 20, within 24 hours of you having that dream, all these things happened. Yes. And the part about her saying there's a God, anyone that knows me knows I am not a religious person. I don't go to church. I'm not preaching Yahweh and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and and for her to say that, and you know, and here's the thing: I had to call my dad that morning, and I had to tell him because she told me to. And I'm right. like, Dad, you're gonna think I'm crazy. And the first thing he says is, "Mike, you're not smoking anything, are you?" I was like, <laughs> no. like, no, I promise you, I'm not. She also said that my dad tell my father that it's not his time; he's got a long ways to go. Well, now, 17 years later, my dad is going on 89. He's still here. So, exactly. I mean, it's just amazing. I, and I can't explain it. I don't know how these things happen. I just, right. they do. That's what I'm saying. That stuff like that, it's like, come on. No matter how, it's like too, you know, the, the coincidence, it's not coincidental. I mean, it's just too direct for it to be like, oh, it was just a coincidence that I had this dream. It's like, it's just too much. There's too much there where, okay, your mom, and, and it's almost like maybe your mom said, if I come to him, he'll believe me versus if he thinks it's just a wishful dream on his part. Because from what it sounds like, you, you had a great relationship with your mother. And yeah. you know, like you said, you were at your, maybe at a very low point in your life. And it's almost like I'm bringing you good news and just to let you know that it's going to be okay. 
and coming yeah. from a parent, that usually carries a lot of weight. Yeah, it seems that parents are still parents even when they're on the other side. Yeah, uh, you know, and and I've never had another encounter with her since. Right. And but I've never been that low again in my life. I mean, it just it was a point. I I think and and what I took out of this is I think that. You know, once somebody is a uh, spirit has gone to, you know, wherever they're going, the light or whatever, mm-hmm. I, I think that if, if it's important enough, if there's if there's a really good reason, they can I think they're able to come back and somehow intervene. Um, you know, I don't I don't know how else to explain it. I mean, it was what a few years later uh, that she had came back. I mean, you would think by all the psychics I've spoke to. After a few years, they reincarnated and all this stuff. Um, you know <laughs> what? I'm, I'm going to tell you something, Michael. I I really think that despite a lot of people, and I know that a lot of people, especially if they've lost somebody that they're really close to, they want to they wanna like, and I'm, think, I'm telling them, I said, you know what? Yes, you do have people that say, you know, on an anniversary, they'll get, and I say, but once you have gone beyond it, you don't, in other words, it's like you're going to work it out. Unless it's something like what was happening to you, they're not going to come be coming back every day like some people would like and yeah. hold your hand or anything. It's like you don't understand it, but I do. You need to work it out. And don't worry, you'll get it. For better or worse, you're going to follow your path. But I can't be there holding your hand or guiding you right. like if I was alive. Because first of all, that's not the way it's meant to be. And second of all, I think you're off doing something else that you know like okay you know what handle it uh and i'm going to be doing my thing on the other side and um yeah and that's it you know i I tell everybody having dead people around is not really a good thing for the living i mean you know when people constantly uh i tell them that's it's not really good for the living even if it was a loved one if for any reason they're trapped here because of guilt yeah. or they're confused because a million reasons it's not really good it's not really good when you're dead go on into the light do your thing come and visit check out everybody's doing okay and then that's it i'm i don't think they're meant to tell us or guide us or about because i, I i've known of people wanting their deceased loved ones to almost like give their blessing on just about everything they're going to do and it's like you, you well, know, you're gonna have yeah. to just risk it and do something and if it turns out good good if not oh well and you know i i think that uh, i think that you know we're we're just not supposed to know for sure and i think that's why we're always left with this bit of doubt like was it an out-of-body experience was it just something you know that uh you know what was it really and and so i think we're left that way on purpose because if it's like if we knew the truth we it would so affect our life right yes. now. I mean, I just really just like past lives. People say, "Well, you know, I'd like to remember my past life." No, you might not want to because what if you find out you had kids or grandkids in that past? So now you're going to be looking for them, and you know, right. it's just going to interfere with your mission now. So I don't think we're supposed to know these things. You know what? I did a lot of past life regressions on people. Um, for different reasons and uh, the majority of them had some type of expectations about what their past lives might be yeah nobody's ever the janitor right <laughs> right well yeah right exactly or or you know the, uh, a certain period or a certain country or whatever. 
and, and you know the suggestion always is when you're putting somebody uh to do that is well, what is the most appropriate thing for this person to see okay <laughs> i have yeah. yet to come across anybody <laughs> who went to a life that fitted to what their expectations were and i would tell them this doesn't mean that you didn't we asked for the most appropriate thing but i have yet to find anybody uh that like oh i i knew i was a southern bell you know an antebellum whatever <laughs> no, uh, nope <laughs> or I, same thing you know you they could see themselves surprisingly in a different sex you know you're a woman you see yourself as a man vice versa and the bulk i want to say the no haven't had any famous people uh everybody was very ordinary um and the, later on you know with my i would discuss you know and some of them understood very clearly at that moment why they saw they were some of them were like totally wigged out that they had that they were the experience and what they saw themselves as some of them got right away why they saw what they did and others it took them sometimes a couple of weeks for them to get it and oh. but i'm telling you nobody ever had that uh like i knew it that epiphany moment where i knew it and usually it's because uh i i want to say like what what is it that they say you know everybody's thinking i'm cleopatra and it's like no you're not <laughs> <laughs> well, right. And that's like I, I've had on my show, I've had uh, folks who come on and say, well, they can uh, help people, uh, you know, figure out what they were in their past lives. And, and you know, some nights will be going on and going on. And I'll tell them, I'll say, you know, nobody's ever the janitor. I mean, they're always, yeah. uh, you know, a princess this or they were part yes. of the Revolutionary War. Or they are general that led this or that. I mean, somebody had to change the liners in the garbage can. I mean, no. Right? The, the truth is that historically, you know, yeah, you read about these people, but the bulk of humanity was, for lack of a better word, unnamed and faceless. That is yeah. that is the truth. That's the human condition. Yeah, you read about these people, these historical figures or whatever. They're famous, but let's yeah. say the 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 odds are very, very, very high. It's that um, <laughs> I know that some people have had experiences where luckily because they've gotten a name and it's a recent history. In other words, when I say recent as in when their actual records kept that they were able to find this person that they were. But again, that's a really slim because record keeping and getting a name, that's a difficult thing. Most people don't get that. Yeah, if you yeah. get a name, yeah, I was so-and-so that lived in the village of somewhere in the middle of nowhere uh, long before nobody ever tracked stuff like that. You know what? The ones that amaze me, and you're probably familiar with this, uh, but when you get these kids, like there's this one with this kid, little right. kid, I don't know, what was he, three, to four, three, four or five years old, somewhere in there. And he kept telling his parents he had a, a toy plane, a mm -hmm. fighter plane. Right, that he, he was a fighter. Pilot. Yeah, little, I forget what he said. Little something down, little something down. And they never knew what the heck it meant. Right. Well, this kid was able to say what division he was in, where his plane went down, who his friends were. I mean, he knew all this right. stuff. And, you know, and then some people accuse all oh, the parents schooled them. I, look, I've got kids. I've had no. six of my own. 
And I could tell you what, I could never school all that. And I'm, no, I mean, just... no, anybody that's had children will tell you, come on. No. I, yeah. I think, and Mike, I think that a lot of it has to do, number one, it was a recent past life. Number two, if I remember correctly, and I know what story you're talking about, I, I want to say that I believe he crashed in his plane. In other words, it was like a very, um, it was a bad ending for him. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I want to say that sometimes, that's what I'm saying. That's another thing. It was at a time when records were being kept and he got, a, you know, in other words, there was a reference point to be able to do research. Exactly. And I think they even found the plane. Exactly. And, th and that's that right there makes all the difference in the world because the majority of other stuff, there's just no way of ever saying conclusively this person did exa exist or you can't either say no, it didn't exist. And again, uh, you know, I've had people that have asked me, Michael, oh, do you believe in reincarnation? And I said, well, you know what? I've had people come to me. I mean, some of them come just out of plain curiosity. I, I want to I find out yeah. who I was in a past life. And I've had others who've come to me in an effort to resolve uh, some type of phobia. Okay. And by this, I differentiate that from fear. You can have a fear of something, but if you have a fear of something, you understand why. You have a fear of dogs. You were bit as a kid, for example. You know why you're scared. A phobia is when you're scared of something and you can't, there's no history or reason why. So yeah. we do the past life regression effort. And I tell people, I've had clients and other people have read about it, where them going back and doing a past life regression and seeing some lifetime where this happened to them more than once, where they understand now the, the phobia, where the phobia originates from. Okay. And coming out of it, they're able to overcome the phobia. Prior to this, by the way, they've gone through different types of treatments or anything, and it hasn't worked. A phobia, you can't help yourself. So when people ask me, do you believe it? I said, I believe in the results. In other words, I can't prove one way or the other, but I've had enough experiences of people getting benefits from it. And I've had people that will tell me, oh, when I was having that regression, it wasn't because, you know, you put them, you can put them into observer mode. Like if you're watching a movie versus a firsthand experience, they'll yeah. tell you. I, I, like one lady I had, she was seeing herself as a Greek sailor. She says, I was smelling the ocean. I was smelling the ocean, even though she was sitting in the living room in her home. And it's <laughs> so real. It's so vivid. It's more than huh. what you get as a movie. Because, we, you know, you don't go to the theater and start smelling the, the scene. That... You know, and of course, a lot of it also has to do with the person's suggestibility and how good, you know, they let themselves go. But yeah, yeah. whether it really exists or not, reincarnation as in past lives or whatever, if it's just, it does work with a lot of things that other treatments just don't work well with. I, you know, and I've, I've always been on the fence with it. I, I mean, I think that there is, but I think there's some kind of, I don't know, there's some kind of, rhyme or reason for those who do reincarnate i don't know what what the answers are there but i i think th i think there is some sort of for some reason there is some reincarnation now well I, the thing that gets me is if we do reincarnate if we do have to come back mm 
-hmm. here's the kicker. And I think, you know, maybe God's got a hell of a sense of humor here. But so we, we come into this life, we struggle most of our life until right. we get to uh, later in life. I don't know. Say for me, uh, my late thirties, I start figuring out who I am, what I'm going to do and so on and so forth. And by the time you get established there, uh, you're pushing, you know, late forties, 50. Right. And so, you know, once you finally get established on what you're going to do with your life, it's like, you know, you don't have too much of it left. And and then I'm told that we got to come back and start over again. And I'm thinking that's just not right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what? There's a lot of different, you know, schools of thought as far as reincarnation. But my understanding is that, and that makes the most sense. You know, everybody's, like you said, everybody's got a different life. Everybody deals with different things depending but it's almost like when you go you have a choice it's not like you're forced like hey it's almost like you say you know what i'm gonna go back when and how i want to go back maybe working on a let's say circumstances or being born into circumstances that's gonna help me figure this out where my prior lifetime i just like i just because you know people are you know we have our good points and our bad points and and it's yeah. almost like it gives you a chance to, like, let's work on that part. I mean, what if this life is just, what if it's a, just a, a really good piece of technology? Like, like think about it. We got our kids today. They like the virtual reality. That they love going on in glasses. Yes. Yeah, and going to another world. So what if we're all standing in line on the other side saying, oh, I can't wait to get back on this ride. And so we're, we're getting in and we're coming in for this experience. Sure. And this is, you know, I, it could be that simple. I mean, well, who, you, you know, you have people that will, there's theories out there that reincarnation does, is not just like, oh, I'm going to reincarnate into another human being on the planet Earth kind of thing. In other words, that we also live lives in other planets or other universes as other types of life forms. And, you know, and that's when you start going, okay, you know, I, Again, I can't say no. I mean, I'm like, oh, yeah. here we go. But why not? How can you can't prove it, but you can't disprove it either? Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, there's just exactly. And there's just so much we don't know that I think if we did know, we, we, we couldn't be human. I think our minds would fry. <laughs> uh, I just, I know. It's, I know. it's amazing. I mean, but these things exist. I mean, there's, there's probably. Uh, you know, I was just talking to my son about this. There's probably many universes, many dimensions. I mean, yes. there's so much out there that we probably just go from one ride to the next. Well, you know? and it's almost like, I, you know, I think about it and I go, it, it almost exactly like what you pointed out, like that if we knew certain things, it would take the fun. It's almost like, you know, you, you're you in to see this great movie, but if you already know the way it ends or what's going to happen, it's like, eh, all right. It's almost like, okay, if you're going to engage... Let's let's go with the planet Earth scenario. <laughs> let's 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 keep it here. Let's say, you, and you're supposed to be, um, you've incarnated into this plane where you need a skin suit, you know, a spirit in a skin suit to 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 work around to manipulate things and to be in nature. Yeah. And you have all these senses that you're given. I can see where being aware of certain things, it would just ruin everything. You couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's, 
I, I kind of look at it as, you know, like uh, when people ask me, what's an out-of-body experience like? And, and uh, you know, the one that I had as an adult, I can say it was like, it's like driving to the top of the mountain in your car. And, okay, you're looking around. You're still in your vehicle, and you're looking around. You're limited to what you can see. And then you open that car door, and you stand up on the hood, and you can see everything. And that's kind of what or an out-of-body experience is like. It's like you have access to things that your mind, your human mind just could never comprehend. And and so then you're left when you wake up to wondering, okay, did this really happen or not? Because it's like it's like getting a computer from 1995 and trying to run, you know, yeah. uh, Windows uh, Windows 10 on it now. I yeah, mean, exactly. It's just, <laughs> it can't handle it. And, you know, one of the things, um, and I don't know if you've had other experiences, Michael, and you'll maybe you'll understand where I'm coming from on this. Um, one of the things that, and, you know, I've heard, I'm sure you've heard of remote viewing. Oh, yeah. Now, one of the things that, and I've had personal experience, which maybe I'll go into, I don't know, depends, where, uh, for example, one time, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Father Malaki, Martin Malaki or, Oh yeah, Malachi. Malachi. He why? He oh, died. Oh, I want to say ninety-eight. I think or something like that. Yeah. yeah and he, was... um, he talked about something called the middle plane. Okay. And mm -hmm. the reason why that came up is that usually this plane is where when you remote view, or in some cases when you have an out-of-body experience, this is the plane that you travel to. It's like I want to say like an interdimensional kind of like in-between place. Yeah. That allows mm. you to, even though your physical body is at a certain place, your mind or your spirit or altogether, whatever your self-awareness is, is able to travel through this space and time to go to other places or see other things. Now, one of the things that he talked about was in this middle plane, you do have otherworldly beings such as non-human entities, demons, and, you know. In other words, that this was, you had to be really careful when you were going through the middle plane if you didn't know what you were doing because it's not, you're not by yourself. Have you ever had any experiences with anything along those lines, either, either remote viewing or when you were doing, having an OBE experience? Um, no, what the, I've never, I've never been a, a remote viewer, uh, but I've talked to, I've had remote viewers on my show. I've, I've mm -hmm. talked with Courtney Brown, for instance, and, uh, and you know, there's, it, again, it's one of those things that is very real and right. these people are able to go and, and collect information that they couldn't otherwise have unless they were there. I mean, they, yes. And I should also mention that the United States government and Russia yeah. and many other governments yes. even have put millions and millions mm -hmm. and millions of dollars into this research, not because they're hoping that they get a bingo. It's because they know they're going to get a bingo. I mean, right. That's yeah. So, that's, that's what a lot of people say. Oh, I was like, oh, you know, if they would have experimented on it and it wasn't giving even even if it gave a little bit, but it wasn't any worthwhile, they would have they would have cut that loose a long time ago yeah absolutely and you know but uh, but I, I have had an experience with negative entities once which was another uh case that's the uh the episode that was on tv there they they covered it pretty well um okay uh, paranormal survivor they did a pretty good job on it i i think a little bit of it you know that there was a little more smoke 
than than what was happened in my case. But anyways, okay. uh, you know, I had moved into an apartment. You remember I just told you that the friend that I haven't seen in a long time come over and offered to rent me a room. Right, right, well, yeah. That friend and his brother, they were twins, decided to buy a building. They bought this building in Rochester, New York. It had a fire previously. And this building's been out of commission for probably, I don't know, 10, 11 years. It was just sitting there. So they buy it. They figure, well, we could fix it up. Well, they uh, subcontracted me to help them, as a matter of fact. So we're working on it. So this building gets renovated. And it got renovated really nice. And they offered me an apartment in it. So I went from renting a room from them to renting an apartment in the new building that they had purchased. Okay. Well, that place, uh, it didn't take long. I think the very first night we started hearing stuff. And uh, by probably mid Midweek, the first week there, uh, cabinet doors opening and closing. You could, if you're laying in bed, you could hear the. You, you ever have someone open up a kitchen cabinet just enough? Yes, I've, I've heard that. I, I, yeah, tap, tap, I know exactly tap, tap. what you mean. Well, all the cabinets were doing that. I mean, we had I had that going on. We had light power going off in in certain rooms. Um, Stereos coming on. The stereo would come on at like 3:20. Here we go again with that 3:20 in the morning. 3:20 in the morning. Stereo comes on loud. I mean, I at one point thought my son was doing it, so I came out and I unplugged it, and the sucker came on again. Oh my god! And at this point, I mean, I went next door across the hall and I talked to the woman across the hall and asked her, "Is there anything unusual happening over here? Have you noticed anything?" And she says, "No, no, no." She says. Just a, a mouse that's uh, making noise in my kitchen, and, that, and I'm thinking, all right. So I called exterminator. I says, all right, maybe maybe it is mice. You know, so I didn't see no turds nowhere. Or nothing right, like right, that. yeah, yeah. They they do. They leave droppings all over the place. Yeah. So I said, well, let me do it anyway. So exterminator comes, sets traps. He says he sees no sign of anything, but we'll leave him anyways. Nothing. He didn't catch. There was no mice. Uh, the power going out in uh, in my bed. So here's what would happen. Every time I would boot up my computer, I had a brand new computer. I'd boot it up and I'd try to, uh, to look up the history of the building. And when I did, the power would go out in the building or, or in my what? room, my bedroom. So I thought something was wrong with the computer. I bring okay. it back. The guy has it there for days. Nothing wrong with it. So long story short, this place had activity uh, and it, there was a little girl and her father, and uh, the fire, the, the little girl died of smoke inhalation in the closet of my bedroom, which Ooh. I didn't. The father died in the hallway trying to escape, and uh, so shame on him for leaving his little Yeah, girl. I was about to say, wow. Yeah, and so now he sounded, he had a Freddy Cougar kind of voice. Uh, you would hear like a, like almost like a growling, snarling voice. The little girl, on the other hand, was much different, and mm-hmm. uh, we I did EVPs one night, not a professional at it. I learned it off the back of a CD, and so I tried it one night, and I told the little girl, or I didn't know who it was at that point, and I said, right. I lit up a cigarette, and I said, oh, you can't have none because you're dead. Well, when I played the tape back, right after I said, because you're dead, the little girl answers and says, so who cares? And I'm thinking, a little girl on the other side who don't care. This is not Whoa. good. So, but, but in, in the end, they tried to burn the place back down with me in it. And uh, so I moved out. And um, uh, Yeah. Like... 
Yeah, I mean, and, and again, I'm not one of those people, get the book, get the book, but it is in the book. And you and, can also find the episode, uh, Paranormal Survivor. It's uh, it's actually on my website if people want to go check it out. Let me ask you, when she, what had that been like a, a house or had it always been apartments uh, or was it one of these houses that they had? You know how they divvy them up later on and be, make them into yeah. apartments? No, this was this was like a brick uh, apartment building, and uh, so so it had several apartments in it upstairs. Okay, so it was up. always okay. It was always apartment. Yeah, it was always an apartment, but it had a bar at one end, and the bar is where the fire uh, okay. took place. And then, of course, it you know went through some of the building, and the smoke uh, got through, and sure. which is what you know caused the death, really. Right? Yeah, that's the, that's the way most people die of fires is the smoke inhalation. But but get this, on the last day I was in that apartment, I, I I'm sleeping in bed and I my eyes open and I, I opened my eyes because I smelled something. I smell smell something burning. And I look up and I'm wondering why is the room so bright? And I look over to my left and the plastic blinds are off the window and they're over on the right side of the room, laying on my electric heater melting. And I'm thinking what? I'm the only one there. It's just me. I'm the only one in the place at the time. So yeah. So that was a sign to me that said get get the hell out. Of here. It was time to go. Um, and when I told my friends who were mm -hmm. the landlords about this, uh, they thought I was kind of crazy and you know didn't believe me and thought I was just trying okay. to get out of my house, which I wasn't. And so I moved. And one brother decided to move into my apartment oh. after I moved out. And he had later had uh, brain aneurysms, heart attacks, and he died. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if that had anything to do with it, uh, but I know after that, the other brother put a for sale sign on the building, and they did sell the building. And when I asked him why they sold it, he wouldn't. He told me, "Don't, don't, never mind. Don't worry about it." Right. I mean, you got ahead of me because I was about to ask you, "Hey, did they ever rent it out to anybody else, and did that person have the experience?" And God Almighty. Yeah, it just—it's crazy, and I mean, this is uh, this is this crazy world, and I think this is what's led me to do my show late night in the Midlands, and it's—it's uh, it's, it certainly had a lot to do with it because I never planned on doing radio; it was not even in my radar. And uh, it's just, it's, it fits. So this is what I do. And I, I bring on other guests and I talk to them about all these things. And, and I try to, I, I put it to this to my listeners. I, I say, I got a, I'm trying to put together a puzzle. And every night when I have a guest on, I get a new piece to the puzzle. And I don't okay. think I'll ever get the whole puzzle, but I'm trying. And so that's basically what I'm doing every night. Just So you were, in other words, you were the first tenants after that fire it had what had uh, been empty yeah that's wow. it and so uh yeah not good and i had electric heat too by the way i mean one night the blinds started uh you know coming up away from the wall and slamming like someone was picking them up and just throwing them against the wall and my son was there for that one that night and and again we got there's no blowers blowing heat out it was right all electric radiators uh, in this place and so you know it's just something i'll never forget and to this day i still pinch myself and ask what me, the did, they, was. did they ever determine why the original fire what happened why the original fire started 
You know, every time I go to look it up, it's like I can look up online. I could, it'll come up like in the search, and then when I click it, there's nothing there. It's like I, I to this day, I still can't get the information. I've even gone down to City Hall, really, in Rochester, and asked, and there's records missing. I, there really is. I don't know. I don't know what what exactly started it. Uh, I just know that it did start in the bar. Uh, maybe I was I, because I'm thinking about. That is so interesting. Yeah. Because it makes you, you know, because let me tell you something, those are two, I mean, little, it, it, I'm going to bring this up. I'm, I'm about to publish a book that's coming out now in December, and it's called Supernatural Safety. And one of the parts I talk about, supposedly, or child spirits. And I tell everybody, I go, you know what? You got to be really careful with some child spirits. Number one, some kids, children, Either one, they're being they're disguised, or everybody yeah. always thinks, oh, it's a little kid, and it's like you still got to be really careful with entities, even if they're children, because if they're malevolent, which there is such a thing, and I don't want to get into that yeah. creepy kid thing, you know, because I think it's overdone. But um, just because it's a child doesn't mean it's wholesome, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, kids! Kids are the creepiest for me. For the other side, I mean, having an apparition, an undertaker-looking guy would freak me out, but a child would really freak me out. I just <laughs> children, uh, they get—I don't know. Maybe I've watched too many movies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's disturbing because you know you. We always let's face it. We always think of children as being innocent, or even when they do bad things, they're not malicious. And then when you see them purposely, it's like. You get those things of the bad seed kind of thing, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, who absolutely. knows what was going on there? That, uh, so let me tell you something. I'm telling you, Michael, almost like what you're describing and is like, that's a very malevolent and, God, that's a very scary haunting that you had there. Yeah, yeah, it was, and uh, like I didn't last there long. I, I don't know, it was a little over a month. Thank Sometimes God you got I, out of there, though. Yeah, I mean, because well, at first it was fun. It was like, ooh, you know, I'm, you know, you're excited. You're like, ooh, you know, because this stuff is real. Let me see what's going on. But then when it starts getting, you know, where they're trying to burn stuff and, and oh, that's and get, pretty, uh, you know, like it picks is... up. It's like it starts off with little childish pranks. And then it starts getting into more serious stuff where someone's going to get hurt. And at that point, you know, it's time to leave. And I'm glad nothing followed me, at least not that I know of. No, you would have, I'm sure you would have known by now. <laughs> Whatever it was, I think stayed behind with one of the brothers. Yeah, I think so. And God. as a matter of fact, the other brother who owned the building, he had a heart attack too, but he's okay now. So I don't but know. Still, it's, it's like you said, maybe one thing has nothing to do with the other, but God. What are the chances? Yeah, I know. All three of us. We renovated the building. All three of us had heart attacks. And like you said, what happened happened in the apartment because, you know, you even asked the neighbors. So it was all about the actual place that you were in. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The, the place I was in, that's uh, that's where the death took place. And, of course, if I knew this from the beginning i wouldn't i don't even think they knew it i don't even think the brothers knew this i mean because if they did i don't they were kind of really religious type people and i think that if they knew that they wouldn't have touched the place but who knows well, I, don't, it, I, I may never know you know i know that 
especially, you know, nowadays when, you know, like I said, people keep records of everything. And I know that in, now there's even laws in certain states where they consider a property stigmatized, like you have to disclose if there's been a death, a murder, yeah. even in some cases, if it's considered haunted. But I tell everybody, you know what? Not too long ago, when I mean not too long ago, is it maybe 50 or 60? People would be born at home and die at home. And this was very normal. So people dying in a house doesn't necessarily absolutely mean it's going to be haunted. Because right. it's not like now where people pass away a lot of times in either nursing homes or hospitals. People would die at the house and that was... And then you would have the wake at the house. Yeah. And yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody dying there is going to add up to a ghost. Uh, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some people, I mean, a lot of times people prefer to die at home. I mean, it doesn't yeah. mean they're going to haunt the place. They might haunt the place if you don't respect their wishes and don't let them die at home. <laughs> well, yeah. I'll, and it's true. And, and nowadays, you know, there's true. Some people, you know, they're terminally ill. They'd rather go home, especially when there's, you know, it's just, you know, they're not going to be cured and they're just under treatment and they'd rather go home. And that's understandable. And as a matter of fact, I say nine times out of 10, most people have made their peace as far as like, I'm going to die. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and that's how it is. I mean, uh, I know through experience back uh, years ago, I almost drowned. And, you know, when I, when I thought it was over and there was no hope, I just accepted it. It's like, okay, I'm about to die. I mean, there's nothing right. you can do. When it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I mean. Right. So. No, yeah, there's a, I want to say that there's more to, to personalities or spirits or whatever you want to call it, that, that decide I'm going to stay behind. It's just not the, the question that they died there uh, for whatever. There's just, just. It's just something else behind it, what drives a person to get stuck in between one and the other. It could be their frequency, and maybe they've got to change that before they can enter. You know, it's like having the golden ticket to get through the gate. You're, you know, maybe maybe someone's just guarding that gate and not letting that bad energy get through. I don't know. I don't know well, what... You know, I think some of them do it by choice. I think other people, because... Some people sometimes don't realize they're dead because their self-awareness is there. Yeah. And maybe they miss the part about the light. Or uh, if you know how they say you're, you know, your loved ones come to get you. And if you don't know or don't understand you're dead and your dearly departed relatives come for you, you're like, hey, man, you're dead. I'm not going with you. You know, you kind of miss that moment. Yeah. Um, and I think that sometimes... They just don't understand they're dead or they don't want to accept it. Maybe they were medicated, heavily medicated. Or what if you were one of these people that thought that when you die, that was the end of it, you know, your consciousness. And all of a sudden, that's not the and, case. And <laughs> what I do you do that? It's like, oh, what, what is this? I'm, you know, nobody hears you know me. What? Nobody sees me. But it's me. <laughs> what? What's this about? I thought this was over. I thought I, thought I took the dirt nap. It's well, yeah, I, I think that's where a lot of these 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 ghosts uh, who stick behind. That's probably where a lot of them come from. They they don't believe that they're going anywhere, so they're stubborn, and maybe uh, maybe they stick around because they don't want to. I don't know. For me, I don't, after I'd be calling you a few times and you don't answer me, I'd start to wonder what's going on. Right. 
No. Yes, yes. And, I, and, and you know, I t- but at the same time, one of the things that, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I, I don't believe cemeteries can be haunted. You know, like if anybody's going to be left behind, they're going to go back home or wherever they're going to go to the scene of their death. Yeah. And I said, you'd be surprised. Sometimes you will have spirits or ghosts. I don't want to say ghosts. Spirits I usually refer to as people that understand they're dead and, they, you know, their transition and I'm sound, a ghost. Somebody has died violently, tragically, um, they were maybe heavily medicated. They were in denial, whatever. They yeah. see their body, but they can't get back in their body for whatever reason. It's dead, or maybe it's really messed up. But they follow their body around because it's my body. And they just don't understand what's going on with them. So a lot of times they'll go from where they died to maybe medical examiner to the funeral home, whatever that the trajectory is for that body, and it ends up in the cemetery. If that's the case, for example, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the the uh, I'm burial in a cemetery plot, and I think a lot of them kind of like it's like okay, they're burying my body, but they're just gonna stick around and hang out here and kind of be lost. And I think some of them eventually find their way, and then others. That's why you sometimes get these weird photographs of certain like people or images in in cemeteries every once in a while. Uh, yeah. Because that you would think, well, why won't they go back to their houses? Because basically, they're just kind of confused, and they just the last point where I saw my body go into the ground. And now that I'm, you know, maybe there's other dead that they're hanging out there, like, oh, you too? What, what happened? I don't know. Or yeah, you know, depends. And they just don't go any further. Kind of stuck in that limbo kind of thing. Yeah. And that's why I think sometimes people have those experiences in cemeteries. Despite why people would think, well, that would be the last place that you would have a haunting. I, I, I think that, that, you know, you know that famous picture that they have um, that this lady took in the 90s of Bachelor's Grove up in Chicago. That cemetery, is, I think it's called the Madonna Bachelor's Grove, which oh, is yeah. the girl sitting like on a, looks like on a stump. Um, yeah. And it's, it's never been disproved, you know. Hmm. And, uh, and in other words, and they really... She was close to a certain grave, but they really don't know who she is, per se. And I think I think that falls into that category that you just kind of hang out there because... Yeah. I don't know really what happened to me, but, you know, my body's in there somewhere, I think, and I'll just be here. And every once in a while, I'll observe people when they come to the to the cemetery. And it, it's, I mean, again, I, th- I think they're like... You pointed out, Michael, there's just certain things you're never going to understand or know until yeah. you're there yourself. You're dead, in other words. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, all we can do is keep going forward. Don't fear what we don't know because we don't know. And no. there's no reason to fear uh, death because I don't see. And, and it's just a horrible word, death, you know, because yes. I don't believe that's what it is. I, You know, while we may be leaving this world, I think we're being born in another one somewhere. Possibly. Uh, God, I mean, even UFOs, people now think, well, what if if everybody's thinking, you know, they're coming from another planet as in linear space, like and maybe they're inter or intradimensional beings. That's how they get around. You know, maybe they just use the ship here or their whatever their their vehicles, what how they're using because they're here. But but when they're not here, you know, I mean, that again, 
this is when it's like the edges of the horizon just drop off and you're like okay whatever's out there i don't know what it is tell you i wanted to thank you so much for spending this time it has been fascinating talking to you i really enjoyed experiences Yeah, if you ever want to do it again, just let me know. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I, I I don't know if you had a good Thanksgiving, but uh, if not, yes, happy Thanksgiving. It was only a couple of days ago. And happy holidays because we're going towards that real fast. Right. But well, thank- hey, same to you and yours. And, uh, and, and I, hey, maybe sometime I should have you on my show. Absolutely. So. Just let me know. Thank you so much. It has been fantastic. And I want to wish you the best of luck going into the new year. All right. You too, uh, Marlene, Marlene, and uh, thank you so much. Likewise. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So what did you think, guys? Fascinating, right? Yeah. I'm, you know, in case you didn't recognize him in the picture that I have of Michael, he was in one of the Paranormal Survivor uh, episodes. I don't know which one that is per se. I want to... I think it's in the first season, but I'm not positive. But anyway, and of course, he has his own radio station, LNM Radio, uh, and I'm going to have a link to it in the the credits. I think it's lnmradio.com, I believe. And he does. This is the, from what I understand, his show deals with the paranormal, UFOs, UFOs, all, all things of, you know, different but interrelated sometimes. And... It's interesting, again, when you see somebody that has experiences as a young child, almost like he wasn't, you know, no, you know, no heavy meditation stuff that sometimes people do, especially as adults, to have that out of body experience. It's like here it is, um, and that 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 what he described with his mother that is like, for lack of a better word, it's breathtaking. But at the same time, it's almost like as if you're a parent, you will understand that if if there was any moment that you would step in and like, in other words, comfort your child, because remember, even though your child is an adult, it's still your child, that you would think that if there was any time that a a parent was going to step in and lend a helping hand from the other side, like he said, he's never had that experience again, was such a moment as what he described that he was going through at that moment. And I bring this up because I hear a lot of people that are caught up in, you know, thinking that their loved ones that have gone on to the other side are constantly around. And and I beg to differ. I don't think that's the case. I think that they come back and check in on you and and maybe in, in, in a situation like what happened with Michael, they'll They'll do. They'll throw you a rope, kind of thing. Like, hey, especially because of the relationship that he had his mom, with his mom when they were living, well, when she was living. But I think that they kind of step back, you know, once they've gone on, because number one, they've, they're maybe they're doing their own thing. Number two, I think that you have an understanding of that you're living, and you're going to have to figure it out. You're going to have to make decisions. You know, that free will kind of thing which is you're going to have to figure it out and you're going to have to make choices and you're going to have to make judgment calls and some of them are going to work out great and some of them you're going to fall flat on your face. Some of them in some cases are even deadly depending on what the situation is because that's how it works. 
Um, and almost like, again, you know, us as human beings, we see time linear as far as events, past, present, future. And maybe once you are dead and not stuck in between and you've gone on to whatever lies beyond, you realize you're going to be okay one way or the other, as in this, this, this was something that your soul chose as to the life you are going to lead. And then, then as you go down through your life, you come to forks in the road, choices. Some choices are little choices and they're not big deals. It's like, and then other ones are more significant. But ultimately, even your parent, they can, because um, ultimately we, we do what we want. I mean, even now, we, with our with, with our own parents, when you know when you're a kid as you're growing up, especially let's say when you're teenagers, you know most parents try to give good advice to their kids, and the kids are like, huh, yeah, I'm not gonna do what you say just because you're my parent. And I think that we come into the world by ourselves, even twins. But you know what I'm saying. And. Uh, a lot of people, and, I, and I've spoken about this other times, and I think a lot of people misconstrue or fear being responsible for yourself, as in responsible for your choices, responsible for the outcomes, sometimes good, sometimes bad, fear of being wrong. And they kind of like let go. They, they, they're so scared of that responsibility that they give control to other people, entities, even the government, whatever. Because, hey, I'd rather not be in control, not be responsible, but that way I'll be told what to do. And if something goes wrong, it'll be somebody else's fault. It was like, I, I, let me tell you something. I think that that free will slash responsibility part of being a human being is one of the most empowering things that a human being can have. I think that a lot of people sometimes suffer deep anxiety, even though they don't see it for what it is, because they feel out of they feel they have no control over their lives. But they're more scared about making the wrong choice than they are about feeling like, well, my my thoughts, my actions, my life maybe has been planned out. Or let me tell you something. I'd rather be responsible. I'd rather have control over things because that means I have the power to change things. I am the author of my story. And if it turns out good, great. And if it turns out bad, oops. Some things, obviously, I'm going to make mistakes. Maybe some are going to be horrendous mistakes and others not. And then hopefully, like they say, the, the, the best outcome out of some of these mistakes is that you realize I cannot do that again. I won't punish myself and I'm going to let myself off the hook. In other words, forgive yourself and forgive others. But, you know, we here we're talking about the context of your of you, of your person. You know, by this I don't mean like, oh, you're never wrong. It's like, yeah, man, I f that up really good. I don't think I'm going to do that again. I think I'm going to I'm going to learn not to do that again. That means sometimes sometimes we don't take our own advice and we need to stumble over the same rock a few times, but I'd rather have that 
I'd rather have that responsibility of, but at the same time, I have control. I have control. And ultimately, bad, good, or, and, and by the way, again, we're, I don't think a lot of people sometimes are, you, you know, you're supposed to be perfect or, and nowadays with social media, when everybody thinks every, you know, the spotlight's on you and everybody's watching you and every little, if you do something wrong or you wear the wrong, you know, the humiliation, the embarrassment, man, we have a lot of teenage suicides that come with that. And it's like, okay, mundanely, yes, you know, we should be careful about posting stuff stuff up on social media. Hello, absolutely. But that this is like the spotlight that will forever and ever be there. No, let me tell you something. Unless you happen to be some mega celebrity, and even then it fades, unless somebody wants to dig it up in the future. Those horrible moments, they come and they go and they disappear. And unfortunately, we think, oh my God, everybody here knows about this and everybody will remember. Sometimes I can't remember what I wore the last week. Do you think anybody remembers? No. And sometimes the point I guess I'm trying to make is that when we make mistakes, sometimes really serious ones, and sometimes when just like, man, it's out there and it was all you. Let's say you're going down this track of I'm responsible, I did it, I handled it, I made the decision. And you maybe you made a huge one. And later on, you're thinking, this will haunt me forever. Not really. You'd be surprised how short people's memories are. Especially not, they, they, they will, nine times out of ten, most people are, you know, they're, they're paying attention to themselves or their stuff or their families. And then it fades. So this thing that you're thinking, oh, forever and ever, I will be marked. I will have a scarlet A on my chest and everybody will know that person. Guess what? No. It'll be uncomfortable. It might even be really embarrassing depending on what happened or who knows. And then guess what? It fades. It goes by. All right? I'm sure there's people out there, and I want to say this because of the benefit of the doubt of your my age, where you think, oh my God, nobody, nobody will ever forget about this or this was so hard. And then with a patina of age, first of all, it either becomes laughably funny and you'll hear people say, hey, man, do you remember when we were in high school? Or when we, yeah. Back then, it was like earth-stopping. And it's either laughable or not as serious. And I know it's easier said than done when you're living in that moment. But I guess what I'm saying is that when you're responsible and you are handling it and you make the wrong move and bad things happen, and right at that moment, you're like thinking, man, I just wish I could like find a hole to crawl into that moment will pass and at the end of it you dust yourself off and you say but I'm still in control I'm still handling this to use a really well used I'm the captain of the ship <laughs> okay <clears throat> and that's it and you keep going forward and I think that as human beings that is really what we should all strive for to be the captains of the ship and I think that even in the afterlife and this is just my opinion, my belief, that I think that personalities like that, for better or for worse, that, that had this kind of striving, I think that once you die, you don't get stuck. I mean, there's something, that there's a self-determination or less regrets 
or guilt or whatever. <clears throat> and so they're like, I'm going to duke this out while I'm alive. And so when you die, you very little reason to hang out because you've always kind of like been handling it the best way you can. And that's the, the most ordinary, the most ordinary perfect way of saying it. You're handling it the best way you can, the best with what you got. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. And, um, you know, again, I, I mean, I have my own theories as far as, you know, uh, things that happen to people as far as why certain people, certain personalities usually are the ones that make up ghosts, you know, or people that stay behind to haunt. That's a whole nother show. And uh, I hope I, I hope you liked uh, listening to the conversation with Michael. I think he's a fascinating guest. I urge you to check him out uh, on his website, on his radio show. He also has that book out, Lessons from the Other Side, or Lessons from Life, I believe it is. Uh, and uh, guys, thank you very much for coming back every week, joining me so that we listen or talk to uh, interesting people out there. Uh, I think it's just as fascinating. You know, like I say before, despite all our technologies and advancements and supposedly mysteries that are disappearing, just as, some things are explainably mean you ones are coming up. So join, uh, catch me Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, My True Believers. Don't forget to send in your stories. You can go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com. You've got links to the shows, links to the M3P files for the actual podcast downloads or links to po- different podcast platforms such as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Podmatic, Podbean, you name it. If that's what you're using to listen to podcasts, I got a link on the website that will shoot you straight over there. Uh, also, I hope you pick up my new book that's going to be coming out now in December. It's going to be available at MiamiGhostChronicles.com and Amazon and other websites, which is entitled... Supernatural Safety, a DIY guide to the paranormal. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. It talks about what I'm talking about here, empowering yourself, about what thing you can do when you run across a paranormal situation uh, before, or even if you have to call in a paranormal team. There's a lot of in-betweens, one and the other. So again, guys, thank you very much, and you are all wonderful. Take care. Happy Holidays.